we're on! Get it! Get the rod! I'll tell you what, you're going to love this week's episode of The Anglers because uh, we're going to talk about seasickness a little later on, which I think most people get. Also, Herb, a question for you about long lines. Yes. Um, they're, they're guaranteed and they're certainly to be used in New Zealand should we have them here in Australia. That's right. But first up, we want to chat about a region in Australia. I don't know if you've ever been there, but you should be because what's your favourite beer in the world? Great Northern. And this, the, the, the film, the ad... Great Northern was filmed at Hinchinbrook. No way. Yeah. So if you go to Hinchinbrook, just if you go out onto one of the islands, yep. you can walk up the track and you can sit right where that film... That, In that rock pool? Yeah. No way. I've got a vision of it. I've been there. You've been there? <laughs> You're a legend, Spider. Where haven't you been? <laughs> now, I want to talk to you about Hinchinbrook. We've been there. I'm gonna, uh, we're going to talk to a couple of locals very, very shortly because, uh, as I said, when I was up there, I filmed them. Uh, I chatted to you know the guides about the types of fish and yep. the area itself, but... What do you, in your mind, picture as Hinchinbrook, which is, what is it, probably halfway up the Queensland coast? Yeah, yeah, that's right, Spider. It's about halfway up, probably a little bit more, closer towards Cairns. Uh, Hinchinbrook, to me, is a paradise. I've never been there. It is on my bucket list. But that island itself, Hinchinbrook Island, it has everything from sharp headlands, reef edges, and on the western side, uh, mangrove-lined creeks for mud crabs, barramundi. It has so much variety around that island. You could nearly say it's untouched. Yeah, it is. And it's really just still a fishing town. It's it is. A, it's, there's nothing much about it. You've got a couple of... Uh, you know, um, I suppose caravan parks and accommodation-style apartments. Yep. There's no shops. Nothing. There's a pub. Oh, that's a good sign. That is a good sign. <laughs> oh, God, definitely going. Well, absolutely. And when we went up there, I think it's really important that, and you always say that, chat to the locals. Definitely. Chat to the locals. And one of the locals there, Lockie from Halifax, how's this? Yeah. Could you ask for a better place in the world? Ready? I'll give you the title of his shop. Yeah, go on. The Halifax Home Brew and Tackle Shop. Oh, I wonder if he's got it on the market. How good would that be owning a home brew and tackle shop spot? Two of my favourite pastimes. That's what it is. It's a half of it's brew, brewing beer and, and scotch and whatever you want. The and the other half's tackle. So you can pick up a few lures, a rod and reel and a cart and a beer and head out for the day. How good. That is awesome. Well, Lockie told us this when you are travelling in the area. It's a different fishing area here. We use big hooks uh, and, and different gear. Reef fishing is a certain heavy sort of gear and the, uh, the, the estuaries is different and the beach is different as well. So yes. people can still fish off the beach, get their whiting, their flathead, which is different species, and even in the, the what we call the creek, but it's a, the channel which goes between Hisborough Island and the main, uh, mainland, and then you can go outside the island, which is part of the reef area. Well, see, it is always good to chat with the locals. Stop, stop into all these little places, have a chat to them. They'll give you a few tips. Yep. But as I always say, I think, and Herb, you're looking at, you want to travel around Australia. You yep. want to travel around Australia. You want to look at some of the, the great places we have to offer. Definitely. And you're weighing up, and we'll talk about this in a few more weeks, actually, because I think yes. it's a really good topic about do you take a boat, do you not take a boat, you know, the petrol plus uh, everything else that goes yeah. with it, depending where you want to go. Yep. I know around the top ends that a lot of people who are travelling with boats want company. So they want yeah. to take people with them. Yeah. So, but for me, I'm not a confident fisherman. So I always go on a charter. Yeah. 
So when we went to uh, all the way up there to Hinchinbrook, I took my young fella, Boston, and uh, we caught up with Benny. He was our guide for the day. Yep. But I had a really good chat to him about, you know, Hinchinbrook, the area. Why does he love it? Did he grow up fishing here? And also, what types of fish can you catch? Welcome to Hinchinbrook. We're with Benny from Westo Fish. What actually brings you to Hinchinbrook to start with? Mate, essentially when I was a kid, we, we come down here and holidayed uh, with the family. So from the age of about three, we used to come to uh, the Wanderers Caravan Park, set up tent, nine times out of ten during the Easter period when it pours down. Oh, yeah. And I used to relentlessly spend hours sitting on that jetty uh, chasing fish. And that's just what I did. And it just sort of brought a love to the area for me and brought me back. And that's why we're here. What is so special about the Hinchinbrook area? It doesn't matter where you are around Australia, everyone, or a lot of real keen fishermen say you've got to get to Hinchinbrook. I think, well, firstly, obviously, you've seen the beauty of it. I mean, the area is absolutely magical, and it really does have a magical-type aura to it. And I think, although the fishing is great, it's also the, the secondary thing that it brings people to it. And you can have a bad day's fishing and still enjoy being up there. There is two types of fishing. One is in the estuaries for you know, your kind of barra and one is out to the reef. Now let's touch on the, the reef. Yep. Uh, What's well, about an hour out there and what, what kind of species are you chasing out there? Yeah so I mean within 40 minutes of the place yep. you know some of my um, very fruitful marks are but chasing bottom dwelling species like demersals of um, nanny guy, largemouth nanny guy. Um, you will get the occasional smallmouth nanny guy but generally around those reef areas largemouth nanny guy. Red Emperor, if you go up on top of the reef flats, cold trout, giant trevally pelagics such as Spanish mackerel, like it really, really is a fish-rich reef system. Um, and there's just so much of it, you know, so there's so much to explore. Look, I'm a big fan of going on charters. I'm not that confident in a boat, but even I like the fact that you're really open and honest about, you know, to people if they're bringing their own boats up here, come out, have a look, get a feel of the place, and then take your own boat out. But you're more than happy to, you know, pass on information of the local area. Yeah, mate. Well, it is such a massive, massive system. And to look at it on a map, it can be quite daunting. So I get a lot of charters where people will be open and honest with me, and they generally just ask for a familiarisation. You know, they're happy to go out, we'll get a couple of barrows or whatever, and they're familiar with the area with sandbars, with rock bars, you know, how tides influence the areas. So, I mean, it's important for the rest of their stay that, you know, they're out there, they're safe, and they have a little bit of an idea of what they're doing, and I'm more than happy to share that. If you haven't got a boat, um, a lot of these fringing areas here, you'll see jetties uh, and stuff and, and rocky outcrops. Great areas to, uh, to cast a lure around or, or go a bait. Obviously the small sugar jetty, that's been you know, one of the most popular fishing destinations in this area. You know, like I said, I used to fish it when I was eight years old. I'd relentlessly be down there, my parents wouldn't see me. So that's another cracker to go down to if you want to soak a line, but you haven't got a boat. You know, it's, it's easy, you know, whether you're using fresh prawns, squid, mullet strip, go down there, rip in, and, uh, and you can catch grunner, finger mark, barras, all sorts of stuff off that jetty. So if you've got a boat, fresh bait is key. If you can get some liveys, there's plenty of live bait, but fresh bait is key and just go out and explore. Is there any certain time of the year? Because you know, really when you've got the best of both worlds, is there a best time of the year or realistically, it doesn't really matter. Of course, we know winds and tides and all that are gonna um, you know, come into play, but that's something we can't influence. Yeah, that's right. I always say to people, uh, if you want to chase barramundi up the channel here, uh, I believe in my, my experience, April is definitely the, the money shot. Uh, reason being is it's just, um, it's towards the back end of summer. Uh, we're coming into a winter. We generally get a cold snap in May, so they feed up nice and hard. But 
you know, to correlate across that to the reef as well, um, you know, that, that temperature and that time of year is absolutely fantastic fishing out wide as well. It's the bottom of the, the Great Barrier, isn't it? Or is it in the middle or is it a part of the Great Barrier? Yeah, yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, so we form probably the middle section. So okay. the bottom of the reef, the Great Barrier Reef, probably extends as far south as Bundaberg. Um, and then obviously as far north as the tip. So um, we're, we're perched probably somewhere around in the middle there. But um, we've got a great extensive sort of reef system out in front of us, which is very, very accessible to a small boat fisherman. And a couple of different types you can trawl out there or as well, you know, throw a bit of bait. Absolutely. See, at, the, at this time of year, we're currently just about hitting right smack bang in the middle of the mackerel season. So guys are out there trawling wolf herring, gar or just lures. Um, but the bottom fishing is absolutely superb as well at the moment. You know, we're catching big largemouth nanny guy, um, red emperor, and some of those species are just mouth-watering type of species that clients come and pay good money for to, to go out and, um, and, and sort of tussle with us. So. Estuary fishing or up around the, uh, the inland here, what are we chasing there? I know barramundi is the main thing, but there's a lot of other fish as well. Uh, there's a diverse amount of species up there. Obviously, Barra is a big draw card, yep. much similar to the Northern Territory, you know, and moving north from, from Townsville up. Um, but there is a diverse range of species out there. You've got some beautiful big golden grunner during winter season, but you'll see the nomads out chasing on the flats. Um, you'll catch flathead, you'll catch brim, and uh, towards the back end in summer when you know everyone's starting to get a bit frisky, mangrove jacks will just go off their heads. The hotter, the more humid, throwing lures up under some of the undercovering mangroves, and you know they go like a freight train. So really, really cool. But yeah, diverse amount of species. Even I mean, you go up the channel, you can go up to Haycock Island. You know, you'll encounter 30 kilo Spanish mackerel up there and tuna feeding on the surface. It really, really is a special, different type of place. What's the art? And I think uh, everybody wants to know and everybody has a little bit of a different art to catch a barra. That's, you know, like catching the Murray Cod down south. But what is it about catching the barra? Um, oh, I think it's just such an I iconic species. It's silver. They generally grow large. Yeah. So, you know, when, when you've caught one, you're definitely going to feel it. Pulls some string off your reel. Um, they're good on the plate which is always a bonus, but um, I think just the fact that it's iconic, um, that it eats well and it fights hard. Uh, but yeah, the, the trick is to it, um, low and slow, um, suss out small little pockets. The big thing that people do wrong here when they do come here is they try to explore the whole channel in a, in a, a week. And like we said, it's such a large diverse area, you just can't do it. So my tip is to people always pick a system, work out that system throughout the week that you're here, and then the next time you come back, just pepper pot your way up and try and nut out each system as you go. So we went out fishing. Yeah. And look, we didn't spend as much time as we wanted to out in the reef. Yeah. Yeah, because if I'm filming, I, I travel pretty quickly. But yep. we did spend a lot of time in the estuaries. And our main aim was to catch Boston a barra. Yeah. My young fella a barra. Yeah. Now, have you got a barra? Not in in the wild, no. <laughs> I don't want to How keep, shameful is that? I don't want to keep bringing it up, but uh, <laughs> I know we said we're going to be doing a lot, but we will take a road to catch you a barrow one day. Definitely. But uh, have a listen because uh, this is my young fella, Boston, and his proud moment of catching That's, a barrow. Can I just say, Spider, before we go into this, so your son caught the barrow, not you. I've been there, done that. <laughs> Do you want to listen to mine as well? My 86 <laughs> All right, eh? Barbless. Yeah, <laughs> barbless. <laughs> Have a go at it. Oh, dear. Nice and easy. Got him out of the net now, sir. Oh. Got it now. 
Keep fighting him. Keep fighting. Come on. Don't let him go. Oh. Pull the rod out, Boston. Pull the rod out. That's it. Use your muscles. We don't go to the gym for no reason. That's it. That's it. Tug it under. That's it. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know that? Just let some yeah. wine out, mate. Uh, yep. Busty! Yeah. 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 Look over. at that. Jesus. Under, under a belly. That's it. Grip in the mouth, really nice and tight. In the mouth, yep. He can't, can't hurt you. Oh. Actually, put it down. Yep. Is that about average size? Yep, no, 780. I was on the money. You've got to give it the old yeah! Come on, Stan! Woo, 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 woo! He was stoked. He was absolutely pumped. He loved it. So yeah. he's got the photo, he's got the barra, he's yep. got it all now. So he's got one up on Herbie here. He's, got... <laughs> <laughs> he's a good fisherman too, the boss. He loves it. Boston can fish. Like He's a young bloke. I was Boston at 16. Yeah. Yeah, he loves his fishing. Yeah, well... Which... Great to see. And before we do leave the Hiddenshambrook area, I want to give you one, two more tips. Yeah. One is, if you Hang are... On. You're giving me tips now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Lay it on me. <laughs> You'll love this yeah, one, mate. I, I can't right. wait. Because one thing I tell you, if you are heading to these areas, massive seafood areas, yeah. check out the local seafood shops. Oh. Like, there's a place up there called Wild Prawn, and it's in Ingham. Which is a part of Hingenbrook. Yep. Okay. So have a have a chat. And here you, go, here you go. Have a listen. This is me chatting to the owners of Wild Prawn about yeah. some of the seafood they have and wh where they get it from and how fresh it is. Yeah, beautiful. It's about bringing the Australian product back to the shop. We just got in some nice, fresh, local Spanish mackerel from Rib Reef. The boys just come in, have that fillet portion in the fryer for lunch. Yum. Oh, we've got all this beautiful seafood, but there's one famous thing that we do produce here, and that's Dom's Ooh. local marinated octopus, handmade every week and succulently devouring. Put on a cracker, put on a pizza, even put it through your spaghetti. Throw it on a salad. Ha, oh, just yum. If you're going to do anything, hop in a car, jump in a plane, Whatever you want to do, just come for the lap. Come up along the coast, come to Wild Local Prawns, come through that little door and say hi, and we'll look after you the best way we possibly can with our locally sourced seafood. We are really excited to see you. Like, come and say hi, we're really friendly. We've got a beautiful team of people in here. We'll point you in the right direction on camping, boating, fishing, whatever you want to do, we will make the best holiday and uh, yeah, make some new friends too. So, see you soon. So I thought you'd like that little bit of marinated octopus. Yeah. Would, would that make it pizza? You did bring me some back, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, how good would that be on a pizza? Well, with a, bit, a of, bit of rocket. Oh, a bit of rocket, a bit of mozzarella, a nice marinara sauce on the bottom, you know what I'm saying? I thought you were going to say a nice Merlot. <laughs> <laughs> Merlot. If it ain't Great Northern, it ain't going down the hatch, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and, okay, last one before we leave here and we dive into uh, questions for Herb. I've got one for you. 
Ingham is famous for what? Sugarcane. Yeah. What else? Mud crabs. Yeah. Barramundi. Yeah. Am, am I getting closer? Not really. <laughs> it is one of your loves. Great Northern beer. Worse. What? 1943. It's famous for the pub with no beer. Is it? That's where the pub with no beer. I sing that song all the time. Is that where it was? Yeah. So this is the history of it. Okay. Yeah. It dates back. The, the pub with no beer dates back to 1943 when a farmer, he went in there to have a beer only to find the American soldiers had drunk the pub dry of beer. No. Yep. So in the corner with a glass of wine in his hand instead, oh. he penned down or he wrote down a pub with no beer. It's a lonesome away, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I could never imagine that scenario. No. I mean, we're pretty lucky here. We've got a pub just down the road from each other, so it wouldn't be far to go. But that would be a very scary ordeal, especially up at England where there's only one pub. <laughs> <laughs> you would be... Yeah, that would be a horrible day. Well, Herb, we've got a bit of international flavour here. We're here going we go. to our, our friends just across the ditch, Phil... Oh. Phil's joining us now. He listens to the Anglers podcast. Now, Phil, you've got a question for Herb, which I reckon is absolutely vital. I need to know the answer to this. Is it going to stump me? I reckon it will. Okay. Phil. Yeah, hey, Herb, just a question, mate. Is uh, long line fishing, is, uh, is that cheating? I'm not Ooh. sure. Oh, oh, hang on. Hang on. Phil, you, g'day, Phil. So, now, mate, hang on. Phil, you're obviously in New Zealand. How, long, how, many, how many hooks are you allowed on a long line in New Zealand? Well, look, I'm thinking about 50 plus, you know. That's, uh, 50 you plus? Holy yeah, yeah. <laughs> Skull dragging the ocean. Oh, dear. <laughs> now, what are you, okay. now, you're allowed of 20, aren't you? I'm not real sure. Well, I'm yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I think it's somewhere around the, it's around, the, around the 20 mark, I think. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for that, Phil. We're thanks, gonna Phil. Ask, we're going to ask her right now. Okay. Right. For, and we know, we know there's so many Kiwi... People in Australia. Yes, they've all come over. No, no, hang on. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but, no. Well, most of them. I'm yeah. not saying all of them, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Should you be allowed to use a long line in Australia? They use it in New Zealand. The only ones I've ever used, and I'll talk about this in a minute, yep. is it's got about 20 hooks on it. Okay. Okay. And we're not allowed to use them here, are we? No, I don't think so, no. We're, I think most you're allowed is four hooks on a line. I could be wrong there, but usually a gang's got four hooks and a lure's got two or three hooks, and I don't think you're allowed to use any more than four hooks. In some places, you're only allowed to use one hook, depending on the zoning. So what do you think about a, uh, a long line? That's no, cheating, for sure. I mean, anyone, I mean, is it even fishing? What do you do? So you send this object out to sea with 20 hooks on it, say, all baited up, you drop it over, a sinker hits the bottom, and you stand there and wait. Yeah. And you drink the cans, bro, I suppose. You, you yeah. Know, I don't know. And, you, and then you just... Drink re- Lion Red or Waikato. Yeah. Or and, and then you, you reel it in. You have a couple of twoies. Well, twoie, whatever they're tui. called. And then you stand there and you reel it in with an electric reel, obviously. Yeah. I had this guy. I had a guy yeah, and they were watching New Zealand, Waihe Beach. Yep. And he takes his little four-wheel drive motorbike out and they call them, I think, torpedoes. Yeah. And they hook them up and they just go straight out. There's a flag. Yep. And they go out about a kilometre, drop it down, and then wait half an hour. And then it's got the winch on the front. Yep. And just toes them all in. Cheating. Oh, definitely. Oh, I mean, it's Ma- not really fishing, is it? Imagine if they did it, say, somewhere like the Murray, where wow. you could go from one side to the Murray to the other. Yeah. 
put on 20 hooks, yeah, let it go, and just wheel it in. Yeah, well, that's illegal. Set lining, isn't it? No, that's right. That's, that's right. That's, it is that's illegal. illegal. Imagine if you could. It'd be horrible. I think it'd, it'd be detrimental to our 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 industry, our fishing. But then why it's is not New fishing? Ze- okay, if it's not fishing, yeah, why has New Zealand got such good fish? Well, probably because there's only half of them left over there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, look, I've seen them use it over in New Zealand. It's funny this because my uh, neighbour, he bought one of these submarines and he wants to use it here. And I said, I don't think you can unless you only put four hooks on it. He's keen as it's rigged up to go out. I think he bought it from New Zealand or wherever. He bought it from and a shop. Like, it's rigged up for 20. Yeah, it's got 20 hooks on it, something like that, 15 or 20 hooks. See, so the one that got me, I went out fishing in the Coromandel in New Zealand. Yeah, okay. Great little spot. Snapper yeah. fishing. Biggest snapper. Snapper capital of New Zealand. Absolutely. And, you know, you're allowed, I think it was 13 for the boat. Snapper. Okay. Snapper. Well, that's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So we went out. Guy dropped his long line. Yep. And then tw- 20 hooks on it. Yep. And then we went and fished. Yeah. And I was like, we don't want to catch too many fish. Because the long line might have 20 fish on it. Exactly right. So you go and and what happens to the if you go over your bag limit and you pull in dead fish, what happens with them? Well, that's the wasted what, commodity. This is what I don't understand. Obviously, we've got commercial fishermen out of here that long line for tuna, out yeah. offshore. And, oh, do they? Yep. So they have a couple of kilometres of line. They put a buoy. They have weights on the line. They put a buoy the other end. They have radio beacons on them so you can find them, and they just drift through the currents. They're not anchored to the bottom because they're probably fishing five, six hundred thousand metres of water. And they catch tuna, you know. Yeah, they do. Blue fin, yellow yeah, yeah. fin, and, and, and marlin and swordfish and whatever else. Um, they pay a license to do that. Okay. They have a quota. And it'd be a fair bit of oh, license. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 fair bit. And, and you know, they have a, a big reputation, and, and that's their job. That's how they make their living. Would you catch, if you put a long line out for flathead, would you catch flathead? Oh, definitely. Okay. I wouldn't encourage it because it's wholly illegal. No, I know that, but, but I'm just saying, would, would it... Would a long line adapt to a lot of different types of fish? Definitely. If you baited them correctly and hooked them up correctly, so if I was running a long line for flathead, I'd only be long lining in about three to six feet of water, Yep. maybe up to ten feet, and I'd anchor something with a buoy and then run your pillies along and just have them sitting near the bottom. And if you ran 20 hooks, I dare say you'd probably get 10 or 15 flathead. But it's cheating. Definitely. Please, if you're moving from New Zealand... Don't bring your toys over here. We don't need them. We're not allowed to have long lines here. I think it's not fishing. It is cheating for sure. Um, and I just so, it's unsportsmanship. So do you think that's cheating? Definitely. Away from fishing then right. is the underarm bowl. Is that <laughs> cheating? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Let's well, hang on, no, no. hang on. It's a part of the game, all right? He maybe had an accident, slipped a bit and threw it underarm. We can't help that. <laughs> it's not right. It's un-Australian spider. That's all I'm going to say. It's un-Australian to long line. That's all I've got to say about it, and I'm done. Over. Well, it's time for story of the week. And I've pumped out a few, <laughs> but it's Spider's turn now, and I can't wait to hear this. I know a few no. little snippets, but this is going to be good. You'll understand this, Herbert, because I went out. I used to live next to a bloke who had some big boats. Yeah, he had an 80, 80 or ninety footer, or like a mothership. Yeah, like a Ooh. mothership, and then he had a marlin boat off the side. Wow! And like he'd put twenty thousand dollars worth of fuel in that mothership, Gee. and it would drop it an inch in the water. Really? Yeah. 
it was unbelievable. But I never really went. We went on the mothership, not really. I never went out to, you know, Lizard and all yeah, the big yeah, ones yeah. I did. But I did go out on the, the Marlin boat and we went out snapper fishing out here at, yeah. uh, you know, on the Gold Coast. Yeah. I remember one day we went out and it is choppy as. Oh. And I'm no good. Your favourite time. <laughs> I am no good. And, you know, like I'm a, I'm a beer drinker when I'm on the boat. Yeah, me too. And this is how crook I was. I couldn't drink beer. No. No way. Did you ask to go in? Yeah, absolutely. But he said, no, 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 we're going to stay at these. But this is the worst thing. So we're on this big boat. There's only three of us there. There's the skipper, there's old mate, and there's me. Yeah. Now, he's got his drink. I've got mine. I can't drink beer. I'm going, I'm getting crook. And I'm giving oh. every little part of every part of any Dorito I'd eaten in the last hour back overboard to the fish. <laughs> All right? And the worst part was, well, fishing in about 100 Foot of water. 33 metres, yeah. Okay. Yep. So not a long way for you, a no. long way for me. No. And a long way when it's choppy. Yeah. And it's up and it's down and it's up and he's down. And he's got the fishing line. He goes, oh, drop it to the bottom room. Remember what colour it is at. Because oh, in the line it's all... Rainbow braid, yeah. I can't... Like, I couldn't even see the braid. I was spewing that much. Oh, I don't even know... I don't know. I, I had no idea. He goes, oh, what colour was it? I said, I don't know. One of the colours, whatever. Oh. I had no idea. But the worst part about all this... Yeah. ...is that he wasn't crook at all. Mm. And when I, whenever I over, went over and looked at old mate, this is what made me spew every single time. Every time I looked at him, he just had a glass of white wine sitting there... <laughs> <laughs> no beer. No beer. White a, wine. A glass of white wine and he's got a little swivel, so it never spilt, didn't matter how rough it was. Wow. And then you just pick it up, swig of white wine, straight back into the swivel. And oh, every time I saw that, I was, whoa. <laughs> white it wine. It was the worst. That's a belter. Uh, seasickness is horrible. I, but the, I feel your pain. But the silly thing is, as soon as I got back through the bar. Yeah, you're good again. Sweet for a beer. Isn't it? Yeah, well, you could have done some estuary fishing and just drank beer. That would have been the option. I, I, I have been seasick before and it got me when I was younger. Really? Yeah, used to get me bad and I just kept going and going and going. I've never taken pills. I've just always, like you say, I love to have a beer. Yeah. And when I'm having a beer and my head's up, I'm looking at the horizon, it's all good. You put me into a little closet and I've got to do something and I go downhill pretty quick. But the worst thing is when you... Feeling a bit crook, you're not telling anyone, and you, and you look around, and there's someone that sort of senses that you're crook. Yeah. And, and he goes, you want a sanger? And I've gone, oh, yeah, yeah, all right, that might pull me back here. I've been past this sanger, right? Just a bit of bread folded in half. I've taken a big bite out of it. It had a hole pilchard in it. Oh! Wow. <laughs> well, that's enough to make you skew real quick. <laughs> I was over the side. Everybody laughing. Everybody thinks it's funny. And all you want to do is go on. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, that's all we have time for this week. Make sure you do follow us on our socials. Tell anybody, if you have got any questions for Herb, if you've got any questions for me yep. either, just uh, hit us up at uh, our Facebook page, Instagram. And, uh, yeah, if you've got a story that you want to share with us, by all means. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Thanks for listening. Catch us next week. Over.